This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit healthcare sharing ministry that allows you to control and manage your own healthcare and choose any doctor or hospital in the nation. If you're a freedom-loving American looking for contract-free healthcare, call now, 855-585-4237, or go to libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT for more information, libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. This is Janet Mefford Today. Our confidence is in Christ alone. Are we going to stand with God come what may? If the Word of God says it, I believe it! And that's the way it is. And now, here is Janet Mefford. Welcome everybody, great to have you with us. The Wisconsin Supreme Court handed a big defeat to the Trump administration yesterday, I should say the Trump campaign, saying it would not hear the latest legal attempt to challenge the presidential election results. They said that really this was an issue that needed to work its way through the district courts to untangle a lot of the details that are being bandied about. But the problem is time is of the essence. And that was why Trump's team wanted to go right to the Supreme Court. Now, will it go to the legislature? I don't have much hope that the legislature is going to do anything. It seems to be the same story over and over and over again in a lot of these states. And I'll tell you what really drives me crazy. What drives me crazy is you'll have a hearing like you had uh, this week in Michigan, for example, where you have a Dominion voting worker talking about thousands of ballots being recounted, that is counted many, many times over and over again, the same ballot multiple times. Thousands of votes, this one woman was claiming, have been counted over and over and over again. And yet you'll go to the media and you'll just hear, it's a conspiracy theory. There's no evidence. I guess if you say there's no evidence long enough, no evidence will be what reality is. But that's not what it is. And this is why it's, again, it's like I was saying on yesterday's show, when you're in a pattern of unreality perpetrated by people who have broader reasons for making sure that they get their way, it can drive you completely nuts. I think that's really happening. Now, let's talk a little bit about what Lynn Wood did. Lynn Wood is one of the prominent attorneys who is trying to make sure that all of this evidence, and there is evidence, is heard and hopefully litigated correctly in the court system pertaining to the presidential election. But what he did this week at the Stop the Steal rally really got people upset because he and Sidney Powell, the other prominent attorney who's been at the forefront of pushing for justice here, have both cast aspersions really on this upcoming January 5th election runoff in Georgia, where Purdue and Loeffler are going to have to fight for their seats in the Senate. And it's such a close, close race here when we're looking at the Senate potentially being turned back over to Democrats. And then you'll have a lockdown by progressives on the House and the Senate and potentially the White House. That's not a good scenario. And Lynn Wood really took it to the people. But listen to what he had to say. This is cut one. Where's Kelly Loeffler here? Where's David Perdue? He ought to be standing right here. Those two people want your vote. Get a special session of the legislature now. Do not be fooled twice. This is Georgia. We ain't dumb. We're not going to go vote on January 5th in another machine made by China. You're not going to fool Georgians again. If Kelly Loeffler wants your vote... If David Perdue wants your vote, they've got to earn it. They've got to demand publicly, repeatedly, consistently 
Brian Kemp call a special session of the Georgia legislature. And if they do not do it, if Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue do not do it, they have not earned your vote. Don't you give it to them. Why would you go back and vote in another rigged election? Fix it. You got to fix it before we'll do it again. Well, we have some issues here that I think hit home for a lot of conservatives. One is they don't trust the system. They don't trust that their vote is going to count next time. And that is a big problem. That is a big problem. But on the other side of this, you have to look at the fact that you will be handing over the Senate to progressives if Purdue and Loeffler do not prevail. That's just a fact. And maybe this is a fight that should be taken up after the January 5th election. And I think it should be if you have a compromised election system, compromised software, and all of these allegations that have been thrown around about Dominion actually turn out to be true. And I think a lot of the allegations have been true. Then you need to deal with it. You do need to deal with it. But the timing is so odd. What in the world? Not to mention the fact that Breitbart pointed out Lynn Wood's own voting record, having voted for Democrats, having voted for Obama. It's like, well, wait a minute. This seems seems like kind of a strange position for the guy who is fighting for Trump to take. Don't vote for these two. If you don't vote and you're a conservative and you stay home and then you have Democrats win, then the Republicans lose the Senate. How is that in the best interest of Republicans? And listen, I am completely sympathetic to this position that the Republican Party is full of rhinos. Of course it is. And the Republican Party is full of people who have not stood with Trump. And that's frustrating for the people who feel disenfranchised for having voted for Trump um, on November 3rd. And now we're looking across the spectrum of the GOP and seeing a lot of people keeping their mouths closed in their own party. And it's frustrating, I think, also because on the other side of the political aisle, those people stand with each other. They stand for evil, but they stand for each other. They do. They don't throw each other under the bus as a daily routine, the way a lot of people in the GOP do. And it's a real shame. It's beyond a shame. I want to play one more cut, though. Here's Lynn Wood reminding the crowd who runs this nation. Cut to all the power, not some of the power, all of the power belongs to the people. This is our country. We tell government what they can and cannot do. They do not control the people. This is our country. We're going to take it back. We're circling the walls of Jericho. People are praying in this country. We're circling the walls of Jericho. And God Almighty is going to tear the walls down and we're going to take America back again. You watch it happen. You watch it happen. You send that message to Bill Barr at the Justice Department. Do your job. You work for us, Attorney General Barr. Do your job. A lot of passion there. And I can feel it myself. It's 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 very frustrating to see how everything has gone down when you have a candidate who couldn't even get 20 people to show up in a parking lot for him. And we're all supposed to believe that he had more votes than Obama. I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. Nobody that doesn't pass the straight face test. He barely came out of his basement the entire time. Nobody was excited about him. Nobody was excited about Kamala. Kamala couldn't even get any traction when she was trying to launch her own presidential campaign. 
campaign during the primaries. So who in the world believes there was some kind of huge groundswell for Harrison Biden? Sure, there were people who voted for Harrison Biden. There's no doubt about it. But when you see all of these people coming forward and you see all these sworn affidavits about ballot harvesting and ballot, you know, things about signatures and people who voted multiple times and dead people who voted who obviously aren't able to vote then you begin to become frustrated. And I understand. I understand why you have these attorneys. From an emotional perspective, I understand why they're so upset. I do understand. And I think they're tapping into that same sentiment that is present within that crowd and and millions of other Americans across the country. If you don't feel like your vote matters and you don't feel like your vote will be counted accurately and counted fairly and the, the system is you know, you you can't trust the system, then what's the point in voting? I mean, this is beginning to become a big issue. And isn't it interesting that the left just doesn't have any concerns whatsoever? They had lots of concerns back in 2016. You can unearth all kinds of old tweets from all kinds of big leftist pundits talking about stealing the vote and we don't want disenfranchised voters and we have to make sure every ballot counts and blah, blah, blah. They'll say it if they have any concerns about their own candidate. But as a principle, forget it. So you have Sidney Powell now encouraging all Georgians to make it known that they won't vote at all until their vote is secure and saying there shouldn't even be a Senate runoff. I have to say, I don't think that's the right approach. I understand where she's coming from, but not now. Not now. Not at all. Not at all. Too much is at stake and it's too important for people to do all they can and, you know, sort it out after the runoff election. But you know, when you're seeing all of these losses taking place across the country, these legal efforts that the Trump team is mounting, and it's just loss after loss after loss after loss. Boy, I'll tell you what, try to win something. At least try to maintain control of the Senate. From the conservative standpoint, that's going to be absolutely critical to very, very important issues that are going to come on the docket in the coming years in Washington. We're going to pause for a break. We'll come back right after this. You're listening to Janet Meffer today. Hi, this is Janet Mefford for Preborn. Candace talks about finding out she was pregnant. Thankfully, an ultrasound provided by Preborn allowed her to hear her baby's heartbeat. The sonogram sealed the deal for me. My baby was like this tiny little spectrum of hope. And I saw his heart beating on the screen and knowing that there's life growing inside. I mean, that sonogram changed my life. I went from just Candace to mom. Thank you to everybody that has given these gifts. You guys are giving more than money. You guys are giving love. Preborn currently has seven centers without ultrasound machines. Would you make a leadership gift and sponsor a machine today? These life-saving machines cost $15,000, more than most centers can afford. But right now, through a matching grant, your donation of $7,500 will place a machine in a needy women's center in your area. To donate, call 855-402-BABY, 855-402-2229, or there's a banner to click at JanetMefford.com. 
Open enrollment is here, and choosing a health care program is an important decision for you and your family. As a member of Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community that comes together to share their medical expenses. You can sign up now with memberships starting as early as the following month, and there are no contracts or commitments. Programs start as low as $349 per month, and there's no network, so you can choose your own doctors and hospitals. Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit ministry, not insurance, so your money goes toward helping other members with their eligible medical expenses. And in your time of need, other members are there for you too. You can feel good knowing you're part of a community of like-minded individuals who understand the importance of people coming together to bear one another's burdens. You can find out more at libertyhealthshare.org slash jmt. That's libertyhealthshare.org slash jmt. libertyhealthshare.org slash jmt. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. You will remember this account, the Lord Jesus standing before Pontius Pilate in John 18, saying, For this reason I was born and have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And what does Pilate say? He famously replies, what is truth? Actually, I should say he questions, what is truth? It's a really good question. We know who truth is, the way, the truth, and the life. That's Jesus Christ. But we're in a day where we need a better handle on all kinds of truth from a biblical perspective. And that's what Liberty Pastors will be offering at its upcoming conference in Georgia, where there will be critical apologetics and worldview training before the Senate elections in January. It's taking place December 13th through the 16th. And here to tell us more about it, Senior Pastor Paul Blair of Fairview Baptist Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. He's with Liberty Pastors and also president of both Reclaiming Oklahoma for Christ and Reclaiming America for Christ. So great to welcome you back, Paul. How have you been? Oh, I'm doing well, Janice. So good to hear your voice, and thank you so much for your kindness. Thank you for having me on today. Oh, it's always my pleasure to talk to you. This is a very important moment in time for a lot of reasons. I'm sure we could fill an entire show talking about the reasons this is an important point in American history. But tell us a little bit about this upcoming conference in Georgia. Well, of course, you worked with us a little bit on a conference we'd done in Grapevine a few months ago. And being a, a pastor for 20 years and being heavily engaged in, in engaging the culture uh, for the truth of Jesus Christ, you know, I realize that there are certain areas that pastors are deficient in in their education. And quite frankly, seminaries train them to do the exact wrong thing. I mean, the whole idea that some subjects are off-limits at church is insane to think about. Yeah. You know, from what I understand, it, uh, Jesus is the Lord of all. So all of our lives should be brought into obedience as the Lord would have us act accordingly. And, of course, the Apostle Paul said, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. But somehow or other, we've adopted this Greek Gnosticism within American Christianity, where we have our spiritual lives that we live on Sunday, then we have the rest of our lives, our secular lives, the material world that we live throughout the rest of the week, with very little influence or evidence that Jesus is the Lord of anything. And one of those areas is, is civil government. And every pastor would answer the question correctly if you asked them, you, you say, Pastor, what three institutions did God establish on earth? And any pastor that's worth his salt would say, well, the Lord has, has established the home, and the Lord established the church, and the Lord established civil government. Yep. And then if you pursued that question, every pastor would logically conclude that you should go to the pages of the Scripture for God's will and design for the home, and for God's will and design for the church, 
But then when you ask them about civil government, all of a sudden there's crickets and there's a big question marks over their head. And apparently we're supposed to go to Fox News or MSNBC. Yeah. Well, fortunately for America, you know, our founding father pastors, actually the founders and the framers, you know, the pastors, uh, whether it be the pilgrim forefathers or the great Puritan migration or, or the, the uh, fathers of the, of the Great Awakening and, of course, the Black Robe Regiment, well, they understood that since God established civil government, he had a lot to say about its proper function and limitations within the pages of Scripture. So these Liberty Pastors Conferences, we try to teach pastors comprehensive biblical worldview. We want to teach them apologetics, you know, the factuality of our faith. We're not Christians because of some emotional need or, or, or anything like that. I'm a Christian because the tomb was really empty. Amen. <laughs> that means that Jesus is the Lord. Amen. So it's up to each and every one of us is what we do with that. And, of course, this particular event we're doing in Georgia is critical because as we are in the process of witnessing, God forbid, this election being stolen from President Trump, and I hope that things are in the works where, where truth will come to light. Uh, but if not, you know, the last firewall that will protect our country from, quite frankly, the loss of, of our republic. Uh, if the Democrats get control of both houses and have control of the White House, We'll see the Equality Act passed, which yeah. will just absolutely uh, cause true Christianity to go underground overnight. You know, we'll see added states to the Union and uh, Senate dominance in the Senate. We'll see packing of the Supreme Court. We, we li- literally will have seen our last free and fair election if this one is not corrected. So the Senate races in Georgia are key. And we'll be working there with some, a great slate of speakers to educate, uh, hopefully, 150 pastors, what we've got capacity for, for three days, teaching them about what is truth about God. And we've got Frank Turek teaching on apologetics. Great. Uh, what is truth about race? We've got Star Parker, uh, the gracious Star Parker, teaching on that subject. Okay. What is truth about economics? God's design for, for uh, proper economics and, and operating under a budget and, and being uh, responsible. We have uh, Dan Celia and Congressman, former Congressman Bob McEwen. Then we've got some great pastors like uh, Jensen Franklin and Rick Scarborough, and then Matt Staver and myself and the Honorable Tom Parker, Alabama Chief Justice, and, uh, and Dan Fisher, Pastor Dan Fisher, will be teaching on the biblical principles of civil government. And God willing, we will see a great movement that uh, will have an effect carry over into that Senate runoff uh, early in January. Well, I hope so. You said so much, Paul, but you know, one of the things that was going through my mind when you were describing how we've seen really an abandonment by a lot of men in the pulpit from their duty to really be equipping the saints, not just on the issues of biblical theology and apologetics, which are critical. If we really were understanding of those things, we wouldn't have the deficit in other areas of the the places that God has ordained, uh, specifically civil government. But what is the focus going to be? In other words, when you are assembling these pastors together, what is the the main truth you want them to take away about their role as American pastors specifically, not just, you know, pastors in general, but Americans who have freedom and liberty under our U.S. Constitution? Well, two things. The first thing we do at all of these conferences, we want to introduce pastors to the idea of quit compartmentalizing your faith. Uh, there's nothing that should be off limits in church. 
uh, you know, if Jesus is the Lord of all of our lives, and he's not just the Lord of Sunday mornings. Yeah. And then the second thing we want to teach these guys on and remind them of is the reason that America has been exceptional. And quite frankly, this truth, Janet, yeah, in fact, I preached on this a couple of weeks ago, leading into our Thanksgiving uh, celebration. You, know, you read Hebrews chapter 11, and you see that Faith Hall of Fame, and you see a list of, of great victors uh, in, in God's history who have vanquished the sword and vanquished the, the fires of the, the fiery furnace and seen women given their sons raised from the dead. And those are wonderful. We love to celebrate that. But in the same breath, you see these great heroes of faith that were sawn asunder and beheaded and fed to the lions and martyred for their faith. And the truth is, is that in 2,000 years of Christian history and in 6,000 years of biblical history, going all the way back to when Cain slew Abel, Christians have always been persecuted for their faith. We are the only Christians in history that have had freedom in civil government and have had the freedom to practice our faith without fear of repercussion or imprisonment or even martyrdom. And there's a reason for that. It was the biblical foundation, that natural law worldview upon which the United States of America was built. And that was a direct reflection on the influence of those Puritan pastors, those separatist pastors, those pastors of the Great Awakening and the Black Robe Regiment that understood that God's design for civil government was not to to exercise tyranny over man, but the purpose of civil government was to punish the evil and to protect the good that we may live peaceably in all godliness. Amen. And when they understand what the Constitution is all about and what the Declaration of Independence means, how it was literally built on a biblical worldview, and then they'll learn that our liberties are not by accident, that we've, been, we've enjoyed them by design, and we don't want to be the generation that loses them. Oh, yeah. And we, we acquaint these people with, with what Marxism actually is and the effects of, of tyrannical socialism so that they can recognize the truth and what God's design is versus the deception the counterfeit that's being taught in all of our universities and public school systems. Very good. Well, Paul, how can pastors register? Janet, they can go to libertypastors.com, libertypastors.com. We've got all the information there. Uh, We also have a a link there to our Eventbrite for registration. It's a great gift. Our dear friend, Art Alley, with uh, Timothy Partners in Orlando, a wonderful Christian uh, biblical investment uh, um, uh, money management portfolio. Uh, Art is is helping to uh, bring this about. And pastors are getting a, a whale of a, of a cheap Christmas getaway. Hmm. We'll have three days at the luxury Callaway Gardens and Resort, and all it costs them is a $100 registration fee, right. 150 if they bring their wives. You know, the trip is about a $1,200 value for three days of room and board and everything that goes along with it, and then all of the education, the continuing education will be provided. But all of this is available for these pastors for some great fellowship, some great continuing education, a great Christmas getaway, and then also being prepared for how important the next month will be leading up to the election in January. But it's all at libertypastors.com. All the information is there. Or they can call our church, Fairview Baptist Church in Edmond, Oklahoma, and our number is 405-348-9000. 
1745. Very good. LibertyPastors.com. I have to throw this in just on a personal note, Paul, because when I saw where your venue was going to be, I had to smile because we used to go to Callaway Gardens as a family just about every summer when I was a kid because my <laughs> my dad is from Georgia. So we used to spend a lot of time there and that is just a beautiful location. That's going to be a terrific site for all of the pastors to gather. How can we be praying for you right now, Paul? Not only you, but Dan there at, at uh, Fairview and also the rest of the pastors who'll be there, the speakers as well as the attendees? Well, just praying that we get the word out quickly enough to where we fill this up. We've got room for 150 pastors. And the event that we did in Grapevine that you helped us with a couple of months ago, we literally, it went from being an idea to execution in 40 days. And we we had a full house. It was a great success. Well, we're pushing our luck with this one. <laughs> we're really <laughs> looking for a Red Sea moment with the Lord uh, because we are going from an idea on the drawing board to actual execution in 30 days. So we've got everything put together. The speakers are all committed. The venue is set aside. Now we just have to fill it. We've had great response early on, but trying to navigate Thanksgiving holiday and then the Christmas holiday, uh, we just need to get the word out. So pray that the word would be spread and we'd have every seat filled. Wonderful. We sure will do that. Pastors, go to it. LibertyPastors.com has all the information. Paul Blair with us. Paul, God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us again. Thank you, Janet. God bless you as well. You bet. Take care. We'll be back on Janet Meffer today. This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit healthcare sharing ministry that allows you to control and manage your own healthcare and choose any doctor or hospital in the nation. If you're a freedom-loving American looking for contract-free healthcare, call now, 855-585-4237, or go to libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. For more information, libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. This is Janet Meffer. For today. And now, here's your host, Janet Mefford. Welcome back. Well, we have heard about a lot of outrageous crackdowns during this pandemic, many of which have been leveled against churches. But what has just occurred at a church in Maryland is really over the top and demonstrates some sheer hypocrisy and even targeting of churches by some of these autocratic politicians. We're going to get the details now from Lori Roman, who is the president of the American Constitutional Rights Union. Lori, so good to have you with us. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. This is a church called Community United Methodist Church in Pasadena, Maryland, the church in question, recently receiving a citation from the local health department. But this is quite a story. Tell people what happened at this church. The the pastor, Dr. Jackman, who is a medical doctor, in fact, was sitting in his office alone during the week on a morning, um, no church services going on. He heard someone trying to open the door to the church, which was locked. He jumped up to see who was at the door, and it was a county health department official. Uh, so Pastor Jackman did not have a mask on, obviously, because he was alone. Yeah. And he was startled, so he didn't take time to put on his mask. He put his mask on just moments after answering the door. But the very, in Pastor Jackman's words, the very authoritarian health department compliance officer seemed very intent on issuing a citation to the church, and they did, for the pastor not having a mask on. So the compliance officer told the pastor that they had received a tip from someone who um, said that uh, they had not been following complete protocols at the church, 
which the church had been. <laughs> and uh, the pastor said he seemed very intent on issuing the citation. They did give him a formal citation. That citation threatened a $5,000 fine, up to one year in prison, and closure of the church. <sighs> in fact, the health officer told the pastor that he was going to continue to come back. And if when he came back, there was if there was not 100% compliance with the health department rules, that they would close down the church. And according to the citation, that would mean through the entirety of the health emergency. So I guess until the governor decided that there wasn't a COVID health emergency, that church would be shut down. That's it crazy. Is just one of the most outrageous things I have ever heard. Oh, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. What are the restrictions that the church has to follow? Because it would seem that, it, you know, requiring people to sit alone in buildings with masks would be a little bit out of control. But w- what exactly are the guidelines that the church has to follow? Well, the church was already following all the guidelines. They had church services with, with social distancing. They had hand sanitizers throughout the church. Um, they even offered a an early morning service where the pastor preached from outside and people could come in cars. And they had a service after that that was inside, um, but uh, allowed for social distancing. And and um, so they were already following all the health department guidelines. Yeah. And so um, the citation was for an employee not wearing a mask at church and for not having proper signage at the church about the COVID requirement or the COVID guidelines. Um, but in the pastor's words, they were just very intent on issuing a citation. That is wild. That's crazy. So even if he's there alone, he has to wear a mask. I mean, exactly who will he potentially infect if no one else is there? Did he ask that? It's just insane. Well, the pastor's a medical doctor. (laughs) So you have a health department official coming to the door who's not a medical doctor, issuing a citation to a medical doctor about mask wearing. I mean, not only that, but in America, none of this should happen. Right. None of this should happen. The health department should not be making calls on churches looking for infractions. These are, these are Americans. They're free if they want to take a risk, if they want to shake someone's hand, if they want to go to church, and if they don't want to wear a mask in America, none of that should matter. Yeah. It just shouldn't matter. Wow. But... Um, but the pastor really was, and the church really was following all guidelines. So the harassment of the churches has got to stop. Um, just knowing that someone could show up at any minute, and on the second offense, they could sh- shut down the church or throw the pastor in jail is just an, a horrifying thought. It is. Well, I'm wondering, I guess they wouldn't learn this, but when the health department official said, we got a tip that you weren't following the guidelines, why in the world would he show up not on a Sunday morning when the entire congregation would be there in order to see whether or not they're following the guidelines? Why would he show up at a time when just the pastor is there? That that doesn't even seem to be logical. It sounds strange to me. Honestly, I don't know what I hate worse. I don't know if it's more awful to think that there might be compliance officers in your midst when you're worshiping or if, (laughs) or if the compliance officer uh, comes at a completely ridiculous time, I'm not sure which one I find more appalling, but the idea that you're going to have health department officials looking around at church service to see if someone's less than six feet away or 
if someone pulled their mask down over their nose or, God forbid, greeted someone uh, in Christian fellowship with a hug or a yeah. Or a handshake. Yeah. Um, what world do we live in when we have government officials there ready to issue citations for such things? Oh, you're totally right about that. And and you've also pointed out that Governor Larry Hogan signed this executive order releasing prisoners. So that was okay, but you gotta go after the churches to make sure, you know, during the week when it's just the pastor there that he's wearing his mask, or else we're gonna threaten you with closing down your church and levying a huge fine against you. In the exact same week that Governor Hogan released prisoners citing COVID. He unleashed health department officials around the state to threaten pastors to throw them in jail, citing COVID. Crazy. That's the crazy world we live in. And Republican Larry Hogan should be ashamed of himself. Oh, absolutely. Going back to the signage, Lori, what was the improper signage that they were alleging against the church? You know, it's not completely clear to me, but you see when you go in, into stores and uh, things, there's a sign out front all over the country. You see these that ask you to wear a mask and cites whatever ordinance or whatever uh, edict from some crisis tire. <laughs> and I assume that's the, o- that's the only thing they could possibly be talking about, um, that perhaps the signage at the church wasn't perfect or didn't cite the proper thing. Um, most of these things are executive orders. Um, these are not, this did not go through the state legislature. Most of the things we're seeing around the country, yeah. most of these are edicts. And yeah. at the American Constitutional Rights Union, we ha- we were the first organization in the country, I think, to start calling out what we called the crisis tyrants around the country. Good. And it started back in March that um, these power-hungry elected officials and bureaucrats were just grabbing. Uh, as much power as they could using COVID as an excuse and acting like tyrants. So we've been uh, issuing press releases all year, naming our crisis tyrants of the week (laughs) and trying to shame these people. This is not how we behave in America. I'm blessed to live in Florida with a wonderful freedom loving governor of uh, Ron DeSantis. And I'm thankful for that. Um, And down here in Florida, we are free and we are very happy, which is why you see people moving here very quickly. Yeah. Well, what is going to happen from here, Lori? Is the church fighting back legally or what are they doing about this ridiculous threat that they're getting from the, from the health department officials? Well, the, 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 the official did come back. Um, they did come back again during the week and uh, apparently found everyone in 100% compliance with all of the check boxes that they have. And so they did not take the next step, but there's always the threat that they'll come back again. And if there's a second offense that they could be closed. Um, right now we are working with pastors around the state of Maryland, um, working on a coalition letter, working to push back. I've done, I think this is my 11th radio show with a tactic of naming and shaming. Uh, we need to hold our elected representatives accountable and make sure that they know when they've overstepped. Yeah. And I would just say, Americans, you know, wake up and take your freedom back. Yep, yeah, you're exactly right. Live free. 
That's our motto at American Constitutional Rights Union. Well, I, I appreciate it, Lori. And people can check out more at theacru.org, your website for the American Constitutional Rights Union. Lori Roman with us. Lori, keep up the good work. It was great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. And we'll be back right after this. Dan Steiner here with Freeborn Ministries, and this is my personal invitation for you to join my wife Valerie and I on December 13th for Celebrate Life, a live Christmas online benefit for unborn children. Many of you have supported and saved the lives of preborn babies through this radio session. This is an opportunity, friend, for you to see a preborn center in action for you to see moms and babies who have chosen life, to meet some of the directors. We're going to have Matthew West to hear Christmas music from Matthew. An opportunity for you to do a watch party in your home, bring your friends together, and celebrate life that has been saved as a result of your generosity. And friends, on this broadcast, we're going to have a live ultrasound as well for you to see like many of you have supported. So please join us on December 13th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time at preborn.com. Preborn.com on December 13th for Celebrate Life, a live Christmas online benefit for preborn babies. If you could provide God's word to a Bibleist believer elsewhere in the world, would you? Through the ministry of Bible League International, you can send that Bible today. Hebrews 13.3 urges us to remember those in great need, noting that when the body of Christ anywhere is found lacking, we're encouraged to help provide it. These believers live where churches are small and remote, where authorities aren't welcoming of Christianity, and where Bibles are scarce. As Pastor Carlo in Peru says, they need the hope found only in God's word. Everyone wants to read the Bible but what happens there are a few copies here in the area many of them will uh, be sharing the single Bible for only five dollars believers around the world will receive Bibles and be discipled in their new faith $35 sends seven Bibles $100 sends 20 and because of a matching gift right now your gift will be doubled call 800 yes word 800 y-e-s-w-o-r-d 800 yes word or there's a banner to click at janetmefford.com You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. Speaking of the coronavirus, did you catch what the mayor of Los Angeles had to say this week as they begin to clamp down on people once again because those lockdowns and shutdowns worked so beautifully before? I mean, think about the logic of all of this. In California, it's just one restriction after another, and yet their cases are spiking and they're getting more and more deaths and their hospitals are filling up. And so the lockdowns that fail to prevent the current situation will be solved with more lockdowns. How does that work exactly? You got to hear what the mayor of Los Angeles had to say, because it's just getting more and more draconian. First of all, he was noting that Dr. Robert Redfield, the director of the CDC, has said the next three months will be the most difficult in the public health history of this nation, largely because of stress that is now upon the healthcare system and felt especially in Los, especially in Los Angeles. He said that since early November, the daily infections have tripled, the hospitalizations have more than tripled and are at a peak at this point, and the deaths have nearly doubled. So what's the solution? Well, cancel everything. First, let's listen to Cut 5. In the last month alone, since early November, our daily infections have tripled. Our hospitalizations 
have more than tripled and are at a new peak. And our deaths have nearly doubled and they continue to rise. These numbers don't reflect last week's record-breaking numbers. They don't reflect yet of time spent together with families when many people were gathering and traveling in defiance of public health warnings. And here in our golden state, unfortunately, California has one of the fewest numbers of hospital beds compared to other states. So if cases continue on this pathway, if they continue to increase at the pace that we've seen, the county expects that we will run out of hospital beds here in Los Angeles by Christmas time. Well, that's interesting. That little anecdote that he threw in at the end about the fact that L.A. has fewer hospital beds compared to other states. Why is that? You don't have enough hospitals or you have too many people. Could be a combination of that. But recalling back at the beginning of the pandemic, you had field hospitals being set up in places like New York. Remember that? Franklin Graham and Samaritan's Purse headed out there to help out and you had a ship come in. Remember all that? And it didn't materialize. And so they had to send them away. But whatever happened to the field hospital option or bring, bring in a ship? What happened to that? Why can't you do that? I don't know. I don't know why they can't do that, because everything is very, very dire. Now, he continues on. Again, Eric Garcetti, this is the L.A. mayor. Cut six. The public health condition of our city is as dire as it was in March, in the earliest days of this pandemic. So tonight, I want to speak, as always, to you candidly. With the truths and the statistics that I get as soon as I get them, to share them with you. And to know what we can do in the coming days. It's as much what you choose not to do as what you do do that will determine what happens here in our beloved hometown. The choices between us are stark, between health and sickness, between care and apathy, and yes, between life and death for too many of the people that we love. My message couldn't be simpler. It's time to hunker down. It's time to cancel everything And if it isn't essential, don't do it. Don't meet up with others outside your household. Don't host a gathering. Don't attend a gathering. And following our targeted safer at home order, if you're able to stay home, stay home. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about the aftermath here because Deadline.com had reported on Garcetti's new order saying that 45 minutes before he addressed the public there, he signed a new targeted stay-at-home order, and then he went before the public, as you just heard, never mentioned the order, but he flooded the zone with superlatives, and it's time to cancel everything, like you just heard. But there's not much new in the order itself. The city does not have a health department of its own. It has generally leaned on L.A. County's health officials to issue guidance such as this. And his order basically parallels the temporary targeted safer at home order issued by the county late last week. Here's what I find interesting. The chief way that Garcetti's order deviates from the counties is in the number of exceptions it provides. Keep in mind, everything has to be canceled, according to Eric Garcetti. But this story notes the proclamation begins ominously with the words, all persons living within the city of Los Angeles are hereby ordered to remain in their homes. And then the order goes on to list over 40, 40 broad business categories that are exempt from the stay-at-home language. Guess who is included in the category here of those who are exempt? Cannabis dispensaries, 
liquor stores, indoor swap meets, because those are essential. Tanning salons, also really essential. Oh, and massage parlors, because my goodness, how in the world could you continue on in life without these particular businesses being open? You got to have your cannabis and your liquor. You got to have your massage parlors. This is not a serious person. These people are not serious people. If they were truly concerned, and I think they probably are concerned on a human level about people contracting coronavirus and the potential for overrun hospitals and the like, we're all concerned about it. But the way that they react to it is just ridiculous. Lockdowns don't work. We already know that. We already have that indication from health experts and uh, and even the World Health Organization that's already come out. I mean, think about this for a moment. I'm going back to the October 15th blog of Representative Bradley Byrne of Alabama in the House of Representatives. And he was talking about lockdowns, mentioning the states with the earliest and hardest lockdowns have had the worst economic outcomes. We know that about places like New York and New Jersey. Then you had three leading public health experts, over 13,000 thousand epidemiologists, public health scientists, and healthcare uh, petitioners, practitioners from all over the world putting together this petition calling for an end to lockdowns and for the world to return to a new normal. Why? They were citing the physical and the mental health issues caused by the lockdown policies, and the World Health Organization echoed the call just a few days later. This was just over a month ago that this occurred. Oh, but we must lock down everything. And they wonder why people are continually going back to the concerns raised when you had Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum calling for a great reset. This is a terrific way to drive small business owners out of business. You really think that they're going to close down Walmart? They're not going to close down Walmart. They're not going to close down these big box stores. They're not closing down massage parlors. But you, you better stay at home. And that's not going to, it's not scientific. It's not going to do anything. This is a contagious virus that is making its way through the population. And let's not forget that 99% plus of people who contract this virus will live. And there are more vulnerable populations, people who have underlying health conditions, and mainly elderly people who die with COVID. A whole lot of them die with COVID because they had other underlying conditions and other vulnerabilities that made COVID-19 a more serious disease for them, a serious virus for them. We know this. Your, your average 12-year-old walking down the street is not going to be at great risk of death from coronavirus. We've already heard Fauci, as I reported a few days ago, saying, yes, we need to open the schools. We need to have the kids in the schools close down the bars, but get the schools open. Even Dr. Fauci, Mr. COVID-19, is saying this. So where is the logic in any of this? Where is the logic I don't know. All I know is there are all these lawmakers who are telling you you need to be locked down while they gallivant all around. In fact, the Daily Caller News Foundation put together a list of the biggest offenders. This is actually pretty hilarious to read through. It, it, maddening, but hilarious. Because you have everybody from Bill de Blasio, the New York City mayor who visited his local YMCA hours before Governor Cuomo shut down all the gyms in the state. Remember that? That was back in March. You had the Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot, urging citizens to stay at home. And then she got a haircut. 
course, Nancy Pelosi also had her little turn at the salon while everybody else was having to stay home. Then you had Gavin Newsom photographed dining indoors at the French Laundry on November 6th after urging California residents to wear face masks in between bites. Oops, bad mistake on my part. It just goes on and on and on. D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser and Democratic Virginia Governor Ralph Northam and Dianne Feinstein, another California politician, filmed chatting with her aides maskless in the corridors of a government building before entering a mid-November hearing. Feinstein advocated for a nation wide mask mandate and attempted to prevent coronavirus funding going to states that would not adopt this mandate. See, rules are for the little people, not for them. And that should tell you everything you need to know about their so-called commitment to science. It's not about science. It's about control, social control, and on a bigger level, hurting small businesses, hurting the economy. They want America to go in another direction. And I'm glad to see like the Staten Island business owner who's saying, I'm going to open up. I'm an autonomous zone. And people stood up for him. That needs to happen all over the country, in my opinion. Because tyranny reigns where those who love liberty won't fight. We'll leave it there. Thanks for being with us on Janet Meffer today. We'll see you next time.